what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on The Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, who buys the most stuff in the world? The U.S. government does, and our guest today is going to share secrets for how you can get your share of the government pie. Mark Mills, Business Development Manager with the North Carolina Military Business Center, is going to be joining us. We'll also be sharing our Small Businesses of the Month feature, where we'll be uh, talking about some interesting businesses that you should be checking out. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm your co-host. I'm director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who has a new title today. Wait, it's similar. Dean of the School of Workforce Development at Catawba Valley Community and College. The and the arts. I maybe You're doing uh, so well. Same as uh, the, the old boss, uh, the new boss, same as the old boss. Excellent. Anyway, so uh, Gary, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Excited about the things going on at the college and excited about what I hope will be a, a great fall semester in a few weeks. So, so we're sitting here the end of July uh, and, and fall starts, fall semesters at colleges start in August, although it doesn't feel like fall when they do start. That's exactly right. So, so are we going to have people on campus? Are they going to be wearing masks? Are they going to be wearing costumes? What's going to be happening? Yes, all of the above. Okay. Uh, but we are excited about having uh, many more students on campus than we have in the last year. Of course, we're being very uh, careful and guarded with uh, the virus and hope that things uh calm down a little bit, but we're planning to be up and running uh, as we have been in the past. We may be wearing masks in some areas. Uh, we're, uh, make sure we have uh, at night social distancing, but we're counting on things being very close to what they used to be before the virus. All right. Well, we, we'll, we'll, we'll have to continue to monitor the situation. Conditions are changing out there. We want everybody to be safe. We're at a relatively spaced social distance around a table at the fabulous Mesh Studios. Uh, so, uh, in our new location, in our, in our new studio location uh, in the in the Mesh Studios, a lot of cool stuff going on with the Mesh that people should be checking out. So, anyway, we want to we we do have a guest with us. We have uh, Mark Mills with the North Carolina Military Business Center. Mark, welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange. Thank you, Jeff and Gary. Good morning. Glad to have you with us. So prior to joining the North Carolina Military Business Center, Mark served as program director for the North Carolina State University Procurement Technical Assistance Center, known as PTAC. And Mark, I'm putting you on notice early. We're going to like have a, I've set the over under of acronyms at six for today. So, you know, <laughs> and that's PTAC. That's one. So I was, you know, we're, we're at one. So, uh, Mark uh, was the PTAC counselor at Appalachian State University for eight years prior to becoming the PTAC program director. He's got over 19 years of experience providing procurement assistance to North Carolina businesses seeking contracting and subcontracting opportunities with local, state, and federal government. He's got 27 years of military management and leadership experience working with the PTAC's Defense Logistics Agency in the U.S. Air Force. Served nine years in the Air Force. Thank you, you and for I, your service. Thank you for your service. Thank you. 
we, you and I have something in common and that we both spent some time at the University of Maryland where you, you got a Bachelor of Science degree in Management Studies and you've also got a Master's degree. You're, you're like a very cultured, uh, uh, polished you person. letters behind your name. Yeah, they say. yeah, no acronyms, remember. Okay, well, <laughs> not, we'll get to those, I'm sure, I'm sure. So anyway, welcome to the show. We appreciate you being here with us. Uh, why don't we just start by you telling us a little bit about the North Carolina Military Business Center. Uh, tell us about your organization and what does it do. And, and obviously, the fact that there's a North Carolina in there means it's a North Carolina organization. But I know from your experience that you're – you, you've worked with state government, federal government, local government, I suspect, so you're, 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 you're somewhat expansive. Yeah, thank you very much, Jeff and Kerry. Um, absolutely, my background um, does cover local, state, and federal contracting, but the North Carolina Military Business Center focuses on federal contracting and subcontracting. So the North Carolina Military Business Center is a statewide business development and technology transition entity of the state of North Carolina. So it's headquartered at Fayetteville Tech Community College, and our mission is to leverage military and federal business opportunities to expand the economy, grow jobs, and improve the quality of North Carolina folks. So Now, now something that I was, you know, I, I heard you speak a few weeks ago when, when we you had a ribbon cutting mm -hmm. at your uh, your new facility, which was delayed by 15 months or so due to, to COVID issues. But I did not realize that North Carolina as a state is one of the largest, has has one of the largest military populations of any state in the country. Is that true? It It is true. So the Department of Defense has an annual impact of $66 billion, and it's the second largest sector of North Carolina's economy, 12% GDP. It's large. Um, Gary, what's the first largest in North Carolina? Do you know? Textiles. I don't know either. It's, it's I, agriculture. Agriculture. Now, that would have been my second. Yeah, it's, it's agriculture. Okay. Well, yeah. see, I was, I was going to, I thought podcasting was bigger than that. So yeah. I'm going to say hospitality. And so going back to that, Jeff, it, with six major military bases, over 100 National Guard and 40 Army Reserve facilities, the third highest number of uniformed military personnel in the country, the state of North Carolina created the North Carolina Military Business Center to leverage federal Department of Defense opportunities with these installations, the DOD commands, and the federal agencies worldwide. With that said, there is no other North Carolina, there is no other military business center in any other state. North Carolina has the only military business center in the country. Now, there's other states that they want to mirror what we're doing, so it'll be interesting to watch. So now, if you share, it, it, it is possible, Mark, that there are people listening to this podcast from outside of North Carolina. So you know, the, the secrets that you're going to share could get outside of the state, and you know, the, the secrets could be out. So I'm just warning you ahead of time. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in... In terms of the number of companies that the the NC Military Business Center assists throughout the year, the the financial impact uh, that you guys have, you know how you know, you know, how do you guys work with people? Yeah, it, it's the numbers are, are it, substantial as far as the contracting. Um, 
So really, we have three ways that we provide assistance to um, businesses. Uh, we have the business development team. We have um, our strategic initiatives program. And then we have what's called Match Force. And so the business development team, and I'm the manager of that, we have, um, we have folks, uh, professionals, um, across the state at 12 different community colleges um, from Hendersonville to Elizabeth City, and we identify the most lucrative federal contract opportunities, prime and subcontract, and we notify the businesses. So we want them pre-positioned to be ready to go and bid on these contracts. Um, anyway, the, the firms understand the government solicitations, and if they don't, we'll help them. We'll help them review proposals and execute those contracts. That's really what we do, and we do that every day. Every day we come in and we're, we're looking at what's out there from the federal government to include the Department of Defense, and we're pushing out opportunities um, to these businesses across the state. So, so sort of a chicken or egg type question. I mean, is, it, is your role more to monitor what contracts are out there and then find the appropriate businesses to try to connect to them, or do you work more with the businesses and find, hey, I've got a, a textile company over here that can manufacture socks and then you help that company find contracts for the military or a government agency that needs socks. It, it can work both ways. It really can. So we, we will look at the opportunities and I already have a list of those companies across the state that can already produce, provide that product to the federal agency or the Department of Defense and or I can work with the company and set them up and get them ready um, to do business. So and show them opportunities and say, hey, look, you should consider bidding on this. Well, you, you, you said you, you sort of help companies get pre-positioned. You help get them ready. You know, talk a little bit about that and that I, you know, I, when we, we when we opened the podcast, we talked about the fact that the U.S. government buys a lot of stuff. You know, in in the business, we call that a we call that a teaser. You know, that's what we call that in the business. Um, <laughs> you always give us the business. <laughs> I'm trying to give you the business. So, uh, if I'm a business out there, haven't been doing any work with the government, but I would like to, or I think I'd like to. Yeah. Uh, you know, how do you go about? pre-positioning them, preparing them so that when some of these opportunities come down the road, they are ready to take advantage of it. Great. So first of all, the federal government buys everything. If you think of a military installation or a military base, and it doesn't matter, Army, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, whatever, Marine Corps, it's a little city. So imagine the city of Hickory and all the things they need to stay operational. Same thing on those military installations. Um, so with the businesses, the first thing um, I'll share with them is they have to have a past performance. Well, what is that? What is past performance? The federal government wants to make sure that when they do business with a, with a business, that it's financially feasible. They can, they can provide the product and or service, and they can move forward with what is required in the contract. So there's situations where a, um, a small business will say, hey, look at Mark, I've been in business for six months and I want to do business with the federal government. In most circumstances, they probably should focus on the commercial side of their business and get a little bit more traction 
before they jump into federal contracting. Um, they're looking for, the federal government's looking for experienced businesses. Uh, they prefer to work with established, reliable businesses. Now, there are businesses that they can start out or, or they just started up and, yeah, I've been in business eight months, and yes, you can get a federal contract and or you could subcontract with a prime contractor. Um, so they're looking to make sure you have a track record, you can deliver the quality of the goods and services on time within budget. Um, so it would be no different if, if we were going to build a house, right? Do you want to contract with the individual that's been in business for eight months, or do you want to contract with somebody that's been building houses for 24 years? It's well, that eight month <laughs> guy might give me a better price, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, my house might fall down. Yes, Who right. knows? No, but but yeah, it, it is there. But there's situations where there are businesses that are prepared to do business right out of the gate. They open up because they have such a, a, a specialty. They're a subject matter expert for a specific federal agency or Department of Defense that they could get a contract. So, so, so when you say past performance, it's not necessarily past performance with the government, but the fact that they've been in business for a certain period of time demonstrated they've got a sound financial record and aren't going to disappear off the face of the earth and not fulfill their contract is sort of what you're what you're gauging or what the government's gauging. That's simply outstanding. Ah, thank you. I'm a, I'm a quick study. <laughs> that was great. Okay. So, but it can take it can take a long time to win a government contract. So you really have to stay you have to stay focused on and going after that and crossing your T's and dotting your I's. What's a long time mean? It, 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 it could be it could be up to 12 15 months. It could be longer. It's it's really dependent. So you don't count on your business uh, when you're getting started having government contracts. It could take a while to get Yeah, it, it, it could. In fact, in, in most circumstances, again, um, we'll have the businesses set up to do business and or be ready to do business with the federal government. But we'll also recommend that they look at subcontracting with the prime contractors um, prime contractors have a requirement to, to get work comfortable with small with how businesses. It does to work with the government? Yes. Gotcha. Yes. So they and they build they build capacity doing that, mm -hmm. and they build past performance doing that. So for the small businesses out there that are considering, yes, absolutely, look at the opportunities that come out every day, but focus on possibly subcontracting with a pro, a large prime contractor. That, that would do companies great. need a special person in their organization to focus on that or somebody that gets an expertise on working with government contracts and or, working or, with are you? you are you that arm or are you that, yes. exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. to to some degree we can provide that guidance but it's really best for the company to identify someone that is going to to run with that gotcha. and it, like every day that they're going to look take 30, 45 minutes and look at opportunities, local, state, and federal, if they're going down that path, um, to look and to start getting comfortable with that process. Um, proposals are, are a bit different with the federal government uh, than they are in the commercial world. So anyway. <laughs> um yeah, you're 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 talking about the way you work with companies to prepare them to do business for the government and um, are, are there specific steps in terms of where are they supposed to register? You know, I, I know 
acronym alert. I hear about this SAMS thing. You know, uh, what what steps should they be taking, or what steps do you guide them through? Uh, you know, I've been in business for five years, doing well. Haven't done any business with the government, but I feel that the, the work, the product I provide, should there's some opportunities there. What do you tell that company, and what what steps are they taking to to make sure they're they're ready to go? Great question. So, so the first thing I do is I want to know if their product or service has been purchased in the last maybe 12, 24, 36 months. So research. So um, you, you mean by the government? You mean that's correct. Yeah. Yes. So I, I I would I want them to learn how to do the research, and we can show them. There's many sites with acronyms, and I won't say them. <laughs> so, but there's 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 sites out there that you can you can see what the government has purchased, and you can identify who the contractors are and or were, and you know if if the company can meet the financial requirements. They should move forward and say, hey, look it, when this comes back out again, I'm going to bid on this. This this looks like a great opportunity. It's what I can do, and I could provide that service to the federal government. So research would be number one. And there's there's many organizations that can assist with that in North Carolina. The North Carolina Military Business Center can do that. The, um, the GPAC, the Small Business and Technology Development Center's government uh, procurement uh, center, something like that. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, so so yes, so so moving along, um, you want to get a DNB number, so Dun and Bradstreet number. Then you want to identify your NAICS codes, and so NAICS codes, um, what they do, they classify businesses based on particular products and services, and. Um, you can have more than one NAICS code, North American Industrial Classification Code. You'd also want to look at your product service codes. So you're probably saying, oh my gosh, there's a lot of codes, Mark. But, but there are, but it identifies what you do as a business. Once you get that all down, then you can register in SAM. So www.sam.gov. That's where you register to Sam, do business. SAM, S-A-M. 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 Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that stands for something. <laughs> I, I don't know. System <laughs> for Award Management. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> We've never guessed that. So, <laughs> not either. I, I can see why he calls it SAM. Yes, exactly. So, yes. So that, that, would be the, that would be the start. And once you get, once you get registered... Sometimes folks believe that, well, all these federal opportunities will just come to my email. They don't. So that's where, um, from the federal side, the North Carolina Military Business Center has a service called Match Force, and it's free, and you can sign up. North Carolina businesses can sign up for Match Force, and what it does, it will send you opportunities every morning to your email based on your NAICS code, your product service codes. So every morning you can wake up, you can say, okay, here's a string of opportunities from the federal government. And again, you can sign up. It's free and it's called Matchforce. So if I, if uh, our listeners Google Matchforce, they can find this. If you're in North Carolina, it's, it's, it's restricted to North Carolina business. That's correct. You're the North Carolina Military yeah. Business Center, but, but uh, matchforce.com. Uh, dot org. Dot org. Okay. Yes. Very good. Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> so um so so they're on they're in sams are there other registrations they need to do or once they're doing that they're eligible to to bid on contracts you are yes okay. once once you're ready to go and everything's done and sam you're ready to go you bet 
And, and you talked about the classifications and things to get into SAMs. I mean, does the, the uh, past performance, does that play into SAMs registration, or does that really come into when people are evaluating a bid or, or a proposal? Man, you hit it out of the park again, Jeff. He's pretty amazing with his research. <laughs> outstanding. I have I had a little bit of government contracting <laughs> experience back back in the day when they I used to see this yellow federal register, I think, every so often and have to look through it for a business. So I'm yeah. yeah. No, you're spot on. No, that that's when the past performance and with the past performance, um, we we provide assistance with what's called a capability statement. And it's really just a one-page or two-page document that a federal agency or a small business specialist would, they'd have, um, you share with them so they know what you do. So, yeah, that is, once you're, once you're doing that, then the contracting officers would look at your past performance and that would be part of, of your overall evaluation. And, and, and although your organization is, is the military business center, you're, you're, looking for contracts beyond the military, uh, you know, other, other federal, state, local, I, I, I assume. Are, are there nuances in working between the military, between the federal government, between state government? I mean, I, I suspect there are some commonalities, but, but are, there, are there some nuances there? Well, we, um, we focus on federal. So, and we focus on federal contracting, and I always say, which includes the Department of Defense, but we're looking for opportunities across the entire country, not just North Carolina, because uh, you can provide a product and or service uh, to a, any state or federal agency. It doesn't have to be in North Carolina. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Um, but this, this small business and technology development centers, government contracting assistance program, they focus on local and state contracting as well as federal. But the, the North Carolina Military Business Center, our sweet spot is federal contracting. That's what we do. Okay. So now I... I We'll hear things on occasion about contracts that are set aside for veteran-owned veteran owned businesses, women-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses. Um, how are those classifications determined? Is if, if the ownership of the company is fifty-one percent, or are there certain are there certain other ways these classifications are made, and are there specific opportunities that these types of businesses can and should be focusing on? Great question. No. <laughs> you, know, you know, we're still going to do, uh, you know, uh, some a lightning round that's going to embarrass you. So don't really, don't be so nice. Don't be okay. so nice to us, Mark. Come on. It doesn't okay. work. I try. Okay. So the the Small Business Administration, SBA.gov, another great site if you're looking at getting in federal contracting. Uh, again, they have a dynamic website, and they they walk you through the steps of federal contracting. I can't say enough about their website. But they have um, what, what I identify as, I call them business development programs, but really they're identified as small business socioeconomic programs. So there's a small disadvantaged business program. There's the service disabled veteran-owned small business program. There's the 8A business development program. 
There's the woman-owned small business program. There's, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> going through this. There's hub zone small business program. And then there's other opportunities as far as joint ventures and mentor protege programs. And they all have specific requirements to, to get into those, um, uh, those certifications, if you will. Um, and it, it is, in most circumstances, Jeff, you're spot on, it's 51% ownership. And it, it can be more than one individual um, for most of those programs. So those programs, um, they set aside uh, 23% of all federal contracting dollars for small businesses. And within that percent, those programs get a percentage of that small business. So that's another great opportunity. If you're looking at federal contracting, look at the, the business development programs to see if you, you're ready and can use those to your advantage in the federal contracting arena and or space. And is there a specific certification process that if, if I am a veteran-owned business, do I have to provide some documentation proving that I'm a veteran-owned business? Does that go through the SBA or through some other vehicle? Well, it's funny you picked <laughs> veteran-owned or service-disabled veteran-owned because it's transitioning right now as we speak um, from the VA, the Veterans Affairs, they had they had the business development certification, and now it's going to be under the SBA. We just don't know when that's going to roll out and when that's going to happen. But yeah, it's a certification process. You have to provide documentation. It has to be uploaded. And I would say that out of out of the program, the the business development programs, you have to upload documentation or provide documentation to the SBA for the 8A business development program for the woman-owned small business program, and for the hub zone business development program. Yeah, I'll sometimes have people come into our small business center and say, um, you know, I'm, I'm a woman-owned business. Uh, you know, there must be a lot of opportunities for me out there. I, I assume for government contracts, there probably are. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that really helps them when they're day -day. Yeah, just in, in working with other commercial clients. But yeah, I, I sort of assume that's that's uh, really the government contracting arena is where that there, there might be some benefit uh, to those sort of certifications. Absolutely. So the woman-owned small business program also has the um, – uh, Woman-owned small biz business program, which which is WOSB, but they also have the economically disadvantaged woman-owned small business program within that. So there's two programs, and it's really based on NAICS codes. So if you think about NAICS codes that in the past have been really focused on a male, right, business-type work or service, those codes are focused on woman-owned small businesses now. So the NAICS codes, they have to meet the requirements of the NAICS codes for those certifications. So, And there can be set-aside contracts for women-owned small business uh, businesses out there. So, And I've worked with many that have gotten federal contracts. And, and I mean, I, is, is there a way that those can be tagged? Or you, you talked about uh, your your web so website that matches people up. I mean, if if, if I'm a woman-owned business, minority-owned business, can, you know, is there is that going to direct some of those opportunities to me if I'm if I'm 
if I've got all my codes correctly. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So if you sign up for Matchforce and you have your NAICS codes, if there's and you were you were certified as a woman-owned small business, then you would get opportunities that were out there that were set aside under the specific NAICS code for woman-owned small business. Yep. Do, do any of these requirements change? You, you talked about prime contractors, subprime uh, subcontractors. If I'm a subcontractor just trying to get into the game, you know, are, are the requirements a little bit uh, easier to manage or, or how does that change? Do I still have to go through SAMs or, or do I just work with a prime contractor who does all that and they just uh, work directly with me? Well, actually... Um Subcontracting with a prime contractor is actually a commercial contract. But there's a caveat because there can be flow-down clauses from the Federal Acquisition Regulation, the FAR. Now we, now we warned you this was audio only, and you brought this really big... I was say, uh, six inches thick. Yeah, this like a yellow page looking... Uh, old yellow page looking uh, phone book uh, <laughs> back in the day, but uh, yeah, it, it would make quite the thud if we dropped it on the table. Yes. Or, or you were to hit me with it anyway. Um, so yeah, the prime contractors work directly with the federal agency. Um, they manage the subcontractors and they're responsible for ensuring the work is completed and defined as per the contract. Um, the subcontractors do not work directly with the government, but instead they work for that prime contractor. So they require large companies to subcontract with small businesses. So it's really good for those small businesses, again, that are looking at federal contracting to, to go down that lane. Look at the subcontracting opportunities with some local prime contractors. And, and do you help them connect to those prime contractors? Is that something you get involved with as well? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. If, a, if a company came to me and asked me and said, hey, Mark, this is what we do. Can you let me know what prime contractors are out there? And not just North Carolina. I would, I would share what prime contractors are out there across the country that they may be able to um, – participate as a subcontractor. Now, be careful what you ask for. You know, you might get the entrepreneur exchange bump and uh, your your inbox might it be very full, often. you know, yeah. on, on uh, Monday. So be careful there, Mark. <laughs> yeah, uh, great. <laughs> well, you, yeah, this, this is, you do this every day of your working life and, and live with it and, and appreciate you sharing, uh, uh, I, I feel like we're touching the surface, but I feel if we went too deep, uh, we'd be banging our heads against the table. But do you have any other advice for our listeners who who are thinking about starting to do work with the, the government? Just any other other good advice for them? Yeah, there, there's there's lots of opportunities out there. So what I would say is again, look look at um, what has been done previously that you're doing as your business, your product or service that you're providing. See what's out there. Um, sign up for Matchforce if you're in North Carolina. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. And you can start looking at those federal opportunities. They'll come to your inbox. It's really a great opportunity to, to just look and say, hey, look, at, I'm not sure if we want to delve into this space, Mark. And I say, sign up and just see what happens. And then as you need assistance, you can, you can contact us. I, I would think that's something businesses should be, 
I don't know if wary is the right word, but just in terms of cash flow management, uh, you know, I, I assume that when you get a government contract, it pretty much lays out when you get paid. But I also assume you're probably not getting at least most of your pay until after your work is complete. So I, 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 I guess it's sort of buyer beware or contractor beware just to factor in cash flow management into your into your plans to make sure that you can support the project and, and have enough money coming in before you might get paid by the government. Yeah. Um, years past, that was that was kind of a problem that, hey, look at, you know, I, I worked for the federal government and it took me 180 days to get paid. Mm -hmm. That's really not the case anymore. In fact, um, 15 to 20 days oh, after wow. you perform, they've really done a great job. Um, the federal government has done a great job. Now, again, there's those cases out there. Somebody would say, yeah, but Mark, I had a contract and it, you know, it took them 45 days. In most circumstances, they're, they're pretty efficient getting, getting the vendors paid. Well, in ordinary commercial business, that happens where you normally get paid and something happens. So, but that's amazing. I didn't think that it would be 15 to 20 or even 30 days. When yeah. Okay. Well, we, we really appreciate uh, you sharing information and that this is, uh, you know, for some businesses, quite a big opportunity, and, and, uh, but one that requires some planning and research, as you said, uh, before uh, uh, people can really take advantage of it. So thank you so much for, for joining us. Yes, but you. before you leave, yeah, we're, we, we have our lightning round uh, that we want you to participate in. Uh, which this month is being sponsored by, by Globo Gym. You need to lose some weight and get in shape. Don't go to Globo Gym. If you already look good, you should go to Globo Gym. You should check it out on the internet. So, Mark, we've got some quick questions, quick answers. Now, don't, don't overthink it. Speak loudly, clearly into your microphone. Question number one, what is your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve. Yes. What makes you crazy? Except the lightning round from no, a podcast. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, people that drive 60 miles an hour in the passing lane. <laughs> driving would probably be, driving issues would probably be on my list too. It's just there are the people that don't use the turn signals that make me crazy. Yeah. But anyway, what is the vacation spot? you'd most like to visit post-pandemic, which I guess we're getting close to post-pandemic. Oh, gosh. I spent, uh, I spent 12 years in Europe, so uh, I would love to go back to southern Germany. It's just beautiful. Okay. Who is your business role model? My business role model? I think um, that would be... A um, couple of folks I work with, um, Byron Hicks from the Small Business and Technology Development Center and Scott Dorney, who's the executive director of the Military Business Center. Just their ability to um, strategically uh, forward, look forward, is uh, it's pretty amazing. That feels like a very politically correct answer. I was just saying, good answer, ah. I would think. <laughs> Thank you. Do we want to send a copy to them? I guess we do. Mark, what is your favorite summer Olympic sport? Summer Olympic sport? I don't. I, I don't. I don't have a favorite summer Olympic sport. Are you watching the Olympics? Are I, on I right don't. Now. I'm not even watching the Olympics. No. I, I I did see that 
I, I thought they had skateboarding and we won our first gold medal in skateboarding last and, night. And so that's how out of touch I am. I was like skateboarding. So congratulations, uh, getting a gold medal. So you are doing baby. productive things, and I know that we won a skateboarding gold medal. So I'm an Olympics junkie. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> Outstanding. All right. Well, I'm going to put a question mark for Mark on that one. All right. Uh, Beatles or Rolling Stones? Rolling Stones. Oh, okay. He's rocking. Do you have a TV or movie streaming recommendation for our listeners? Anything that they should be watching? No? No? no. You don't watch TV? <laughs> uh, very limited. No, I just spend a lot of time working on my Harley Davidson. Okay. So. All right. Last question. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? To grow hair. No. <laughs> Good you've answer. Got, you've that got would... a lot on your face. The top <laughs> of your head, not so much. You know, I don't know if that qualifies no. as a superpower. You're, no. you're wasting your superpower. Come on. <laughs> no, no superpower. I'd, I'd abuse it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, you might have played our lightning round as poorly as any guest we've ever had. <laughs> Thank okay? you, Jeff. So, he played it honestly. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to have to rethink this whole thing, Gary. I don't know. We might have to rethink. <laughs> that was good. We got All some right. good talking about it. Mark, if people want to find you in the North Carolina Military Business Center, where should they be looking? Uh, use the website, www.ncmbc.us. Uh, .us, okay. And, and I, you can find Mark out there as well. Mark Mills, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you being on our podcast. Um, and uh, we always like to wind up our podcast by sharing some interesting small businesses that uh, we've come across. Mark, is there any anyone you want to give a shout out to or, or you you passing today? Well, I had the opportunity to um, tour Schneider Mills at um, uh, in Taylorsville and just a great facility and just very professional folks that work there and provide uh, fabric to the federal government and Department of Defense. And we want to say thank you. And they're very strong partners of the college too. So right. I'm glad for that shout out. Schneider Mills and Taylor's. All right. Yes. Gary, who uh, who are you going to talk about today? Thanks, Jeff. My business of the month comes from one of my favorite TV shows. So I guess I'll give a shout out for television viewing in Shark Tank. The name of the company and product is Fur Zapper. Have you heard of it? I have not. I hadn't either until Shark Tank just a little, uh, I guess about three or four weeks ago. Of course, you know I love finding unique products that help us in our everyday needs. This special product illustrates that sometimes the best ideas are ones that happen accidentally. This new product was created by Michael Swigert. Accidentally stumbled upon it while he was doing some different things and found that silicone removes pet hair from laundry during the washing and drying cycles. After Michael discovered this new product idea, he began working with a lawyer and animal welfare enthusiast, Harry Levin, and the team decided to commercialize fur zapper. They patent the silicone pet hair remover. It's placed in a washing machine with the laundry during the wash cycle and then helps to wash away the pet dander and the fur goes through the draining cycle. After washing is completed, the product is thrown in the dryer with the clothing to send it through the, the fur through the lint trap. So it gets it two different ways or gets all the good junk out. Michael and Harry worked really hard with the fur zapper and getting into every Walmart store in the country. Yeah. So it's gone from zero to 60 very, very quick. The company's on track to go, uh, 
earned $5 million in sales in their first year. And of course, the sharks asked when they were on Shark Tank, what do you need us for? But they want to use the funds so they can bring manufacturing back to the States. And so that was, and they had four sharks. And who do you think they went with? I don't know. Could have been any of them for lots of different reasons. Or all of them. Could have, that's true. Very well could have been. Uh, Lori Grenier. Uh, well, she's um, good with the products. Exactly. And, and so she seems thing. perfect. And I, I know our listeners can't see, but the, the picture, if you remember uh, Scrub Daddy? Yeah. They went through Shark Tank and became a multi, multi million dollar hit. It looks very similar to it. Of course, Scrub Daddy's for doing dishes and different things like that. But it looks very similar. But it must be very durable material to go through the washing and dryer on a regular basis. But they say it's fantastic, and they've sold $5 million worth of it. Okay. So fur zapper. So, uh, yeah, fur zapper. I, I, I keep wanting to call it fuzz zapper, but it's fur zapper. So I guess if you, you Google fur zapper, you're probably going to find it. And I guess if you go to your go to local Walmart, Walmart store, you're going to find it there as well. Yeah. All right. Well, that's very interesting. Okay. Um, I've got I've got cat hair issues. You know, I've got I, well, I've got a dog and a cat. Exactly. And, and, uh, the dog issues. is pretty short haired, but the cat. That's, but you now this is taking out the dandruff as well as the dandruff hair. Well, dander, yeah. whatever. All right. Anyway, my dog. Not, had not a problem at Mark's house. <laughs> yeah, I I have two Karen Terriers, so I'll have to look at that product. See that product. All right. Relatively well, new. Okay. Well, good deal. So I. My small business is really small this this month, but it, uh, it, it I, I found it to be somewhat heartwarming. It's a it's a ice cream ice cream truck called Special Neat Treats. It was started by a fellow up in Loveland, Ohio, which is near Cincinnati, uh, named Joel Wegner, uh, to help his special needs children uh, sort of integrate into the workforce. So he created the, he bought a ice cream truck, named it Special Neat Treats. Um, he's teach, he's got two children with Down syndrome, and he's sort of teaching them to uh, do some of the, some of the work with them. They're going out together each day. Uh, said it was, it was hard to find something that uh, our, my kids could plug into and do. Uh, so when I started mulling over this, it seemed like a natural to pull them both in. They tag along each day, learn valuable lessons, um, and uh, they're doing birthday parties and lots of events. Uh, he hopes it's going to inspire other people to do very similar things. I uh, said, no matter what your family situation is or the dynamics of what's going on, one thing is that there's hope and there's joy and there's bring some normality to life. Uh, we're going to go through this as a means of sharing an ice cream with you as much as possible. We want to get out there and share the joy and share hope. So... Uh, his job uh, during most of the year is with a fundraising company. It slows down during the summer, and uh, that's what that's how he's spending it. So uh, if you check story. out uh, the uh, uh, special neat treats, you'll find them on Facebook and find some news stories about them. I think they're actually going to be uh, doing a segment uh, on Fox News uh, maybe this weekend. So anyway, just a cool. really good story. So anyway, that's Joe Bob would say. You should check it out. Absolutely. All right. If you have a suggestion for the Entrepreneur Exchange Small Business of the Month, you can email them to us at eexchange at themesh.tv. We want to thank Mark Mills for joining us today, and we want to thank the Mesh Podcast Network for hosting us. And uh, you should go to themesh.tv to check out all the podcasts going on at the Mesh. they got a lot of fun stuff. 
everybody stay healthy out there. Enjoy the rest of your summer. And uh, we look forward to talking with you again next month. Take care. Take care and stay cool. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.